Hello, everyone. This is the Field Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Pablo Quiroga. Thank you for tuning in today. If you are new, welcome. This is the experience where we explore performance sports, nutrition, meditation, innovation, creativity, heart intelligence, the evolution of technology, and discovery of flow state. And the reason why we do this is to discover the science and intrinsic motivators that fuel us to do what we love to do. Huge shout out to those who are sharing the Field Talk experience on social media with your friends and your loved ones. Uh, Thank you so much. You're amazing. Much love and light to everyone. This week on Field Talk, we get to meet Viola Brand, a professional artistic cyclist from Stuttgart, Germany. Viola is the vice world champion in artistic cycling, a sport governed by the UCI. Together we chat about muscle memory, balance, focus, mindfulness, and body scanning. Can't wait to share this week's podcast. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Fuelixer. Fuelixer is the sports nutrition subscription box built for endurance athletes and enthusiasts. Every weekend, thousands of men and women strap on their running shoes, hop on their bikes, plunge into pools to train for the next big race. From newbies all the way to Olympic athletes, these individuals are serious about their sports spending thousands and thousands of dollars on equipment, coaching, and training, all in an effort to reach their peak. They don't know it, but they're missing something. The power they are after isn't in the fancy gear or the coaching alone. The real secret is nutrition. And when it comes to sports performance, what you put in your body matters as much as what you do with your body. So rather than shipping subscribers a random box of sports nutrition, Felixer builds boxes using a combination of performance data from Strava, nutrition requirements, and your taste preferences. Felixer sees the types of workouts you do and gets insight into your weekly training volume. They strive to make the experience personalized just for you. So powered by sports nutritionists, ex-pro cyclists, competitive athletes, In a little math, Fuelixer's journey begins by doing the shopping, researching, and calculating for every athlete. And if you can move, you're an athlete. So Fuelixer makes practicing sports nutrition a personalized experience for newbies to Olympic athletes. It's easy and it's really fun to get started. Simply go to fuelixer.com, connect your Strava performance data, take a quick nutrition survey, and boom. Felixer selects your sports nutrition, gels, bars, chews, hydration, protein, and recovery fuel that fit your individual nutrition needs. With Felixer, you can unlock your potential and give back to what you are most passionate about. Felixer fuels you. Let's tune into the Fuel Talk podcast and discover how Viola practices balance, mindfulness, breath, and focus. Viola, Viola, Viola Brand, Viola is Brand. my full name. Um, I live um, in Germany, near Stuttgart, and I do artistic cycling for 17 years now. And I, yeah, I study nutrition management at the University of Hohenheim near Stuttgart. And yeah, that's my life. <laughs> yeah, fascinating, fascinating. 
So, um, you know, artistic cycling is something that I've never heard of before. I actually found it while just, you know, looking around in Instagram. <laughs> That's how I, I, I found um, your account. You just like popped up in one of my feeds. And I was like, what is she doing? Like, <laughs> she's like on top of this bike and you're like tooling around. I'm like, that's insane. You know, that, that maybe like in a circus or something <laughs> like Cirque du Soleil, you know, show. Um, so I thought that was pretty amazing. So what exactly is the, is artistic cycling sport? Um, what is that? Well, it's in a short way, it's, you do figures on the bike and special tricks or like it's gymnastic or also a kind of dancing on the bike or with the bike. And yeah, for competition, we have straight rules. Like we have four minutes, uh, five minutes. And in this five minutes, you have to show 30 figures. And every figure has its own score. It depends on the, yeah, how difficult the figure is the more points um, you can get with this figure. And um, yeah, that's artistic cycling and competition. You do 30 figures in five minutes. And yeah, hopefully with no mistake in it, like do not touch the ground, stay the whole time on the bike. And yeah, that's what you do in competition. But you can, of course, you can also use it for shows. Like, people also do it in circus. Um, yeah, and then it's just dancing or ha do some tricks on the bike. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, um, it seems like there's a lot of balance involved, a lot of focus, definitely a lot of fitness. Like, you have to have a strong core <laughs> to do, you know, any of that stuff. Um, yeah. And that's kind of like what we love talking about on this podcast. So we'll definitely like unpack, you know, all those uh, different types of components that go into your performance. Um, what ignited you to start, you know, your artistic cycling journey? Like what got you into this? How did you even find out about it? Um, well, I started at the age of six. Um, my brother started first. Um, and he's nine years older, so he was practicing artistic cycling. And I was always there to watch how he trains or yes, it was just the case that my mother had nobody to um, care about me. So I went to the training with my mother and my brother. And yeah, and then I wanted to start because I thought that it's such a great um, sport discipline. You need so many skills. Like, like you already said, you need a lot of strength and in general body fitness. Um, you also need mental strength. And yeah, the sport discipline, it's, it's elegant, it's aesthetic, but it's also, yeah, you need a lot of strength. It's fascinating and it's calm. Yeah, it's all in one together. That's why I'm really, yeah, that's why I really love this sport. Absolutely. Um, what kind of, what type of tactics have you been working on or, you know, what's your approach to understanding more about balance and learning more about like your body, you know, like if you're putting up your arms somewhere, um, and you're standing on like one leg, I mean, what, what do you kind of do 
in your own daily practice and training to find out more about pushing the limits of your balance? Well, due to the fact that I started so early, um, it all came with my with my progress in, in general. So um, the the balance, it I train it every day, and it's not that you like oh today I want to stand on the handlebar and do some turn. It's not like this. Um, to learn a figure like that, it takes many years, and you start really step by step and with safety. And that's why, or that's how you learn how to balance all this. It's not that I do special, special things to improve my balance. It's, yeah, I ride my bike and I learn the figure step by step, and that's how I get the balance for it. Um, yeah, have you ever tried, yeah. have you ever tried balancing with your eyes closed? Um, yes, but not on the bike. I think on the bike it's too dangerous to close the eyes, but um, on the ground, of course, you sometimes do things like standing on one foot and close your eyes and then feel where and how you stand and feel how the food is balancing all your body. And yeah, these are things I do sometimes, but not that often. Yeah, because like there's, you know, there's like actual a lot of science to um, that involves meditation, mindfulness, and it's called a body scan. So basically, you know, if you're doing some sort of balancing act or like me, I'm, I, I'm a road cyclist. I like riding my bike on asphalt. So, yeah. I, you know, if I'm going on an easy ride, I'll do kind of like a whole full body scan and just kind of being aware of like how my fingers feel, my arms, my elbows, my legs, you know, my neck, my back, um, just a full kind of just like taking observations of like how I feel. Um, do you do that while you're maybe during a performance or are you consciously aware of that? Or is it something that just in the back of your of your mind? Um, well, before competition or before I train my performance, um, yeah, in the training, I also get aware of the things I feel and how my body feels. And I think this is the same as, as you said, so that I can check, oh, today my back hurts or my feet hurts or something like this. And yeah, just to, to get aware of yourself, of your feelings, of your emotions, and all these things, I, I think it's really important. So, because if you are in your performance and you feel that anything is wrong, but you are not aware of it, it's really difficult in the performance to get it out of your mind, because while you're doing your performance, it's... Um, yeah, it's really not good if you have thoughts like, oh, this hurts now or that hurts. So it's important to be aware of it before you do the performance. Sure, sure. Do you have any daily rituals? Well, um, every day, of course, I, I get up and then I go to university and have my lectures there and my classes. And at the afternoon, I 
yeah, I, I study or repeat all the stuff I had in university. And in the evening, I go yeah, to the training every day. And this is my daily routine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what is, um, how have you dealt with the stresses of, you know, studying, writing papers, doing research? Um, you know, I, I don't know if you work, but how have you been able to balance that schedule of yours that's filled with a lot of activities throughout the day? Well, I have to admit that I really get used to that lifestyle that um, you don't have that much free time, but it's good like this. It's my life and I really like it like, like it is. And um, yeah, I really like to do many things a day to be successful in university and also successful in sports. And that's also my motivation to do all these things. And I try to use the time I have, my free time, to really use it to relax. And, um, yeah, and I really like when I have things to do, when I can make a checklist, what I've already done. I really like this. And then when I, I, I think about what can I do today or what should I do today? And I really like when I can say, okay, I did all the things I wanted to do and now I can relax. Um, so you like, you like, yeah. <laughs> you like creating, a list. you like creating a list and you like getting, you know, taking care of all those things on the list. Yeah, I don't write a list, like a, a real list, but the list is in my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very yeah. cool. Very cool. You know, an, another, another like subject or topic that we really like to speak about and get um, people's ideas and thoughts behind um, is breath. You know, and breath is something we, we do constantly uh, all day you know, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. So what is your relationship with breath? Like, um, do you care about how you breathe? Do you practice breathing um, techniques or your performance? Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts around breath? Um, well, I have a mental coach and he teached me a little bit in, yeah, how you can use your breath to calm down. And so I use it before my performance in training and also in the competition just to reduce my excitement and to calm down that also to bring my heartbeat a little bit down. And yeah, that's how I use breath, like exhale longer than inhale. And yeah, I think it's a really good method to yeah, to reduce excitement. Yeah, yeah, because that, you know, we we always have some sort of emotion, whether it's excitement or stress or, you know, anything that really um, starts triggering things, whether it's mental or the environment around us, like physical environment, um, like before, or before giving a public speech or, you know, something like this that creates that um, elevated heart rate, you know, breath is, is a great regulator. 
to kind of um, bring you back into the moment, you know. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about um, the artistic cycling world, you know. Uh, I know I was doing a little bit of research around it. It's governed by the UCI, right? Um, so, you know, from and, and you know, a, a professional athlete within that system, active on the UCI um you know, ecosystem in, in Germany? Like, what, what's been your experience? Well, as you already said, artistic cycling is part of the UCI. But I think for the UCI, the, the main part is, like, the, the real cycling on street and or mountain biking and, yeah, but especially riding your bike really, really fast. And it's not like... Um, doing tricks on the bike. And so, in my opinion, I think that the UCI, um, they support us, of course, because we are part of them. But I think it could be more support from them. Last year, in December, there was the World Championship in Stuttgart. And the UCI president was there, and he was really enthusiastic about it and said, wow, it's such a great sport. But, um, yeah, and he also promised that he wants to make artistic cycling bigger and that we have a bigger lobby in the UCI. But, um, yeah, I don't know if the promise will be real so that he... I don't know if it's just words or if he really will make it happen because also artistic cycling is not in the Olympic Games. And we, we really hope to get into the World Games. That would be a big step for this sport discipline. And, of course, we hope that the UCI support us then. And, yeah, so I think the UCI could support us more. Yeah. But I, I would not say that they support us, that they don't support us. But, yeah, it could be more. Yeah, sure, sure. How long has uh, artistic cycling been like a, a, a an actual professional sport within the UCI? Oh, that's what I don't know. I'm sorry. Maybe it's like I looked at their website, and there really like isn't any information about it. Um, and I mean, I feel you when you're saying that. You know, there it, it, it took me forever to find the UCI like artistic cycling page. And then even then, there's, like, more information about the men's artistic cycling than the women's, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and, and this happens in a lot of sports, you know? It's like, it's very male-dominated. Um, it's like, oh, the man and the bike, they're the best, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I totally get it. And, you know, you see it here in the States as well. Um, but it's getting better. I, I think, um, you know, people are coming around to the idea of um, finding balance the way it should be between um, female athletes and professional sports. Yeah. Like that, that was, that was like a huge issue with like female basketball, for example, in the U S you know, like no one goes to the games. Like, no one watches it. It's not, it's not like public, you know, on TV like that often, but over the years it grows, it gets bigger. Um, 
But, but yeah, you know, just like any other sport, you need that marketing and that branding. So, you know, so hopefully that, that, um, organizational body, um, is there, you know, for, for you guys. But, you know, again, the power is in the people. The power is like really in your hands. Like you have, you have a strong following on Instagram, for example, you know, and, and there's, there's actually like, I started searching some of the, you know, the hashtags and stuff. And there's tons of people that follow this. Um, and if you read the comments, like people are like, wow, you know, like they're super impressed. So I think, you know, Hey, like sometimes if, the big man, the big people up there aren't going to help. You know, you got YouTube. It's totally wide open for you to use. You have Instagram, you know, and you can, you can, you're, you can pull people into your sport, you know, into your space and tell them your story, you know, share who you are, like what your dreams are. Um, I think that's what, what exactly what you've been doing, you know, um, that, and I think that's awesome. It's really cool. Um, I'm, I'm really happy that, um, I'm on Instagram now and that all the people like it so much. Like I have almost 20,000 followers and I'm so happy about it because I think that artistic cycling is such a great sport, but there are not many people who know about it. And so I'm really happy that I can yeah, spread it worldwide via Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, should, you need to start YouTube channel. You need to start YouTube channel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah how would how would you like to impact the artistic cycling community around around the world you know beyond like instagram like what how would you like to you know put your you know viola uh stamp on there um well the artistic cycling community i would rather say that i want to um, to make the artistic cycling community or family bigger so that more people yeah, get to know to artistic cycling and who really yeah, start the sport, not only for fun, but also for a competition. That's what I would, would really like. And there's also a club in Germany that helps people to, yeah, to get into artistic cycling, how to start, and also how how to participate in competitions, and that's what what I really would like to do, and that's what I also hope what I can do with my Instagram profile that more people get to know to it, and yeah, that they start artistic cycling so that more and more people yeah practice artistic cycling. Sure, sure, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's awesome. Um, I was, I was also, I also saw that, you know, there's different types of, um, disciplines, right. That in, within artistic cycling, like there's a solo and yeah. there's like, and like a whole team, like five, six people, like, um, how many do you, how many disciplines do you practice? Do you compete in? I practice, um, single woman or solo woman. And, um, yeah, it's, it's normal that you only do one discipline because, this discipline takes so much time to practice that it's, yeah, it's not possible to do like the solo discipline and also the double. Um, yeah. If you really want to be successful in one discipline, you can only do one and that's, 
not more. Sure. So your your performance, like when you're competing, it has uh, you know a time limit. So um, I actually haven't. I look for video to see a performance live. Um, like, you know, do you play music throughout your performance, or is it just silent? Like, what goes on? No, there's music which you can choose by yourself. Okay. Um, but it's more playing in the background. It's not that you do your movements that fit to the music. It's more like there's music in the background. Um, yeah, that's it. So how do you, what, what are some of the, can you share with us a little bit how um, you design your performance? Like, how do you know, you know, what tricks to do? Um, you know, how, how do you create your, your performance and like the choice of songs and everything? Well, it's, of course, in, in my, um, yeah, for me, I only do uh, my performance for the competition. And so it's important to be really fast. Like the 30 figures. Um, yeah, it's not only that you can do a figure, it's also that you can do it in a short time. Because as I already said, every figure has its own score and... So that's why I only train these figures who has a high score so that I can reach a high score in the competition. Um, because sometimes there are figures who, or which look really good, but don't have, uh, don't have much points. So, okay. yeah. So I only practice the figures that had, have a high score and then I, yeah, the, how, how can I say that? Um, for example, if you have many figures, you do backwards. It's good when you put all these figures that are backwards in one row. And all the figures you do forward, that you do it in this series. So if you would do like, a okay. figure that is backward and then a figure that is forward and then we backward again. That's nonsense. So, yeah, it's important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Because then you lose a lot of time in between. And it's really hard yeah. to get all these 30 figures in these five minutes. So that's why you have to do them really fast and that you don't waste time in between. But do you do any... Um... Like, do you try to find out, like, what other athletes are trying to design? Like, what tricks are going to come up with? Um, like, how do, you, how do you stay ahead of the game, you know? Mm, I would say that at the, yeah, on the, on the high level, everybody is almost doing the same. So there's not much different. From, from the figures that people do all do the, the, the same because um, they have a high score and that's why you do it. But for example, I can do the handstand on the bike, also on the handlebar. And now for the next season, I want to do it on saddle and handlebar, the handstand. And But there are other women who are not that much talented in doing a handstand. And 
But the handstand has a high score. That's why I do it. And yeah, so that's the difference. Or also, for example, I can't do the jump from you're standing on the saddle and you're jumping to the handlebar. I can do it with safety, but um, yeah, I get injured by this figure last year. That's why I don't do it now, <laughs> but I hope I can do it next year. But there are other women or, yeah, of course, also men who have no problem with this figure and just do it in the competition. So these are yeah. really small variations from, yeah, from women to women or, or man to man. But in general, we all do more or less the same. Okay. What, um, cause you've been doing this for a few years. So the, the tricks, how have you seen it evolve? Cause I'm sure someone's trying something that's more difficult. So, you know, what's like the most difficult thing that is the hardest to do right now? Um, well, for me, it's the jump. It's the jump from saddle to handlebar. And it's also the handstand because for this, you need a lot of core strength and yeah, you have to practice it a lot on the ground. And it took me, yeah, for both, it took me about seven years to learn. And I think this is one of, or these two figures are one of the most difficult figures that Yeah. Exist. What are you focusing on? What, what's, you know, what's happening in your mind? Or you're about to jump. Like what, <laughs> what, what's happening? Like, what are you, what are you feeling? Like what type of sensations do you have? Um, well, for now I do it on with safety. So I can jump um, in every case. Like even if I feel that the bike is not going that good, I can jump. And if it goes wrong, the yeah, I I will not get injured. But if I do it without safety, as I just did for three times in my whole life, because at the third time I get injured. <laughs> um, yeah. I think you're really excited. Like, can I um, reach the handlebar or do I miss it? And um, yeah, it, it depends. Sometimes you're like really motivated and you say, yes, I really can do it. And there's no doubt about it that you will miss the handlebar. It's, yeah, it's like really clear that you will get on the handlebar and you will, um, right on the handlebar. Um, yeah, but on some days you have a lot of doubts and yeah, also a kind of being afraid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that has a lot to do. I mean, that's, is that why you have a mental coach? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not only, um, because of this figure it's of, all the performance in the competition because it's sometimes or really often the case that you can do your performance in training really good, but on competition, it's like, it's gone. And you say, why can I do it so good in training, but I can't do it on competition. And that's why yeah. I have a mental coach that I can yeah, do it whenever and 
yes, on, on every competition. Do you use um, a heart rate monitor during training? Uh, I don't know what you mean. A heart rate monitor? Do you use a heart rate monitor? I, I've never heard about it. I don't know. Can you explain what it is? Yeah, sure. So, like, um, a lot of road cyclists, they, they use, like, a, a Garmin. Ah, okay. No, I don't use it. No. Uh, that would be only doing the circles and the, the figures on it. So, it, yeah, I don't know how, yeah. I, 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 think it would, I, I think it would be interesting to see how, what your heart rate is before yeah. and after really hard moves, these hard, you know, sequences. Yeah. You but, know, cause yeah, I, I, I've never, I, I thought about it too, if I can put some on my bike so that I know how fast I am or um, how much kilometer I. No, um, but, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking just for your heart rate, just to ah, see your. Okay. 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 Cause, like, Cause you um, can, you, you'll be able to track the data for your heart rate. Ah, okay. And, and it would be interesting to see how your heart rate peaks. During the okay. thing, because if you're nervous and there's something mental happening, or you feel a little bit stressed, you know, because you know a sequence, a hard sequence is going to come up. Like for yeah. me, what when I um, when I ride, you know, if I'm just riding by myself, I'm going to go on an easy ride. I have a low heart rate, you know. Um, but if I'm going to get into a a group ride where I'm surrounded by a lot of people that are much faster than me much more experienced. I start getting nervous. You know, I start feeling like, and my heart rate goes up, like it shoots like this. And I'm not even moving. We're just at the start, you know, like the start of the, of the race, if you want to say. And my heart rate just starts just going crazy, you know? But yeah. what I've so what I do in those instances is I, um, I try to control my heart through breath. That's when I start doing like a lot of breath, you know, yeah. conscious breathing. Yeah. So, and, and then I, you know, I would go back and look at my, um, my heart. So like throughout the ride, again, I know there's going to be like a little climb and people are going to start going a lot faster. I start getting nervous before the climb starts. <laughs> you know? So, it, and, and it's all mental, right? Because I know the, the hard climb is coming. I know people are going to start going faster. So, um, and, and again, I go back at the data and I look like, okay, you know, my heart rate is there. So then I start comparing over time to see if my breathing practices are working, you know, and to yeah. see if I'm like relaxing more. But I don't know. I think that'd be kind of interesting to see, like, just your heart rate, you know, during your, your performance. That's cool. Yeah. No, so I've, you, I've never, I never use it while my performance. Um, yeah, but I think that... Before the performance, my my heart rate is also really high because of the excitement, and that's how I try to reduce my excitement and to reduce my heart rate uh, with breathing. So we we um, so throughout the sequence, is there have you ever experienced a part where you know you 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 kind of lost track of time and space? And you were just feeling really, really good. You know, like you're just flying, um, pretty much getting into the zone, as some people call it. Um, yeah. Have you experienced that during a performance? 
Um, yes, it's for me. It's uh, I know when I get into the zone um, when I really don't know what's happening around me when I'm only feeling myself and my bike and the surface I'm riding on and because sometimes in competition there's a baby crying or a dog is making noise and when or also sometimes the music stops and or the music doesn't work and when I'm in the zone I don't yeah I, I don't how can I say I, I don't um yeah, I don't, I don't realize. I don't realize what's happening around me. It's just me. And yeah, that's what I would call getting into the zone. Awesome. Very cool. You also mentioned that um, you're studying nutrition. You're in, in a nutrition program. Yes. Yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. How is that? Um. Well, yeah, I, I study nutrition management at the University of Hohenheim. And yeah, it's maybe the name is a little bit irritating because, um, of course, we learn about nutri nutrition, but it's more about we learn about science, about um, the chemics, biochemics, biology. Um, yeah, these things. It's are also anatomy. And um, I don't know the word in, in English, it's physiology. Um, yeah, it's, of course, we also learn about nutrition, but the maturity is about science. Um, yeah. Fascinating. What, um, do you know how you want to use that in the future or do you want to use that in the future? Yes, of course. That's why I'm studying nutrition sure. management. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but but I don't have a yeah a straight plan what I want to do after it. Um, for now, I want to finish it. I make my bachelor of science in one year, and after that, I want to maybe I want to uh, make the master. Um, but then, what's happening after? I have no plan yet. Sure. Wait, do you know what type of masters you want to get? What? Do you know what type of masters? Oh, um, what type? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's um, at the same university, there's, for example, the nutrition um, medicine you can study there or nutrition, molecular nutrition science. That's what you <laughs> can do there. What is that? Um, well, it's... <laughs> It's a lot of uh, chemistry, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also working in the... Um, yeah, I, I don't know the word for it. Maybe um, let, me, let me describe it. Um, yeah, it's where you are with the whites. Um, I don't know. Like where you have the microscope, and um, yeah, that's what you can work with it. Do you know what sure. I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but are you are you analyzing like the at, at a molecular level how nutrition interacts with the with the human? Ah, uh, yes. Um, 
I think that nutrition is a really big part. And what we also have at university is how you can heal or, yeah, how you can reduce, reduce illness with nutrition. And that's really interesting. And I really think that it's also for, for people who, are, who do a lot of sport, it's, the nutrition is, is really important. Absolutely. How does um, an artistic cycling professional like you, <laughs> how, how do you, how do you feel yourself for your sport? Um, you mean what, what I eat for my sport or to, yeah. Like, how do you, like, what is your approach to eating, um, you know, before or after, you know, your, your training or performance, like, okay. Um, you know, how, yeah, due to the fact that I'm a vegetarian, I really have to be aware of my um, protein level. And yeah, that's that's what I yeah, that that's what I um, look after the most, that I have a good protein level and also of course the carbohydrates and uh, less fat level. That's where, where do you, yeah, where, where do you get your protein from as a vegetarian? Uh, I eat a, I, I eat a lot of, um, sugar. <laughs> I don't know the word for it, but yeah, um, yeah, products made of milk. Okay. Yeah. So dairy. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I've been I've been um, experimenting plant based, so pretty much vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, I was vegetarian for a while, and then I went full on vegan, like no dairy products. Um, and it's been, you know, everyone's body is so different. Yeah, food reacts completely different to me than it would to you, probably. Yeah. Um, at different times of the day, different times of the year. It's just so, you know, complicated. Um, yes. But, but uh, you know, just like, how do you, so, so you know, you, you have like a science background and a science approach to nutrition. So do you actually like count um, like grams of protein, grams of carbs, grams of fats. Are you that meticulous about the food that you eat, or do you kind of just focus on maybe just like portion sizes, or do you just eat, uh, you know, to fill you up, and when you feel good, you feel good? Um, yes, I think it's more that I, I just eat, and when I feel good, I feel good. But sometimes I also really. Um, that I see, okay, this product has maybe eight gram protein per hundred gram. And then I, yeah, then I see, okay, if I eat that amount of it, I have that much proteins and I need per day that much proteins. That's also some days that I do it. But most of the time I just eat and I have it, I have a feeling, um, that I said, okay, it was enough for today, enough protein, or it was not. Sure, sure. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. 
Um, all right. You know, we're going to, we're going to a little bit close it, close it out here, but what is your, your favorite music that you're listening to right now when you're writing or practicing or whatever? Um, to be honest, um, in training, we don't hear music. <laughs> so, cool. like um, yeah, it's, it's not common in training because it's not only me in training. There are many people, um, training at the same time. And then it would be like, I want to hear that music. And the next person would say, I want to hear that music. And so, yeah, it's not that good. So we don't have music in training. What do you, what was the last music that you used for your performance? Um, very often I use, um, music with no voice. So it's only, okay. um, yeah, I don't know the word for it, but it's without noise. So it's more like classic. It's like piano, violin, and yeah, it's more, it's more calm. Yeah. That's what right. I usually use for a composition. Beautiful, beautiful. What is the most powerful emotion that you want to share with the world? Um, well, I think the, the really, really most powerful emotion is when you reach a goal or, yeah, when a dream of you comes true. I think that is the, the really most powerful emotion. Um, yeah, it's, for example, when I, in 2012, I won the European Championship, and that was a, a big goal for me. And when I reached this, I was so happy. And, like, I, I never expected myself to, to cry when something positive happened. But this day, I was so happy that I was crying. And I never had this experience before, but I think that is a, a really deep feeling of, happiness or of joy. Absolutely. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Um, cool. You know, th thanks so much for sharing. And, and I, you know, I can't wait to see this sport um, grow and expand throughout the world. Uh, so is there anyone that you would like to kind of give a shout out to or give thanks to for supporting you throughout this, uh, you know, your, your journey so far? Um, well, yes. I think a big part of my whole career or my whole life is, of course, my mother because um, she's my coach. And, um, yeah, so a big thanks to her. And, of course, also to my mental coach or to my sponsors. I have, like, my bike sponsor, um, Langenberg, and uh, I have a sponsor that um, gives me sport clothes. It's called um, Sportschwab. And yeah, I'm really happy for that. And of course, also all my friends and my boyfriend. And yeah, they support me really good. And it's for them, it's not always easy um, because really often I'm in training or on the weekend I'm in training camp or on competition. And so it's like, I'm not that often at home. And so I think it's not that easy for my friends um, Yeah, when I'm not that much at home. 
so I'm really thankful for for them that they always support me and yeah that's so great yeah 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 you, you just have to make it up with a lot of dinners you know a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, get-togethers and, and spending time with them but yeah. I, that's awesome that's really cool um, thank you for the interview and yeah, yeah. yes I'm really happy for options like that that I can talk about my sport discipline and that people get to know it